Pat McAfee. How's it going, man? Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about Fourth Down. I've listened to the Fourth Down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary Vee were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually. No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary V, uh, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach repping the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey, 4D Nation, this is Brian Jackson of the 4th Down Experience Podcast, co-host, and Christopher Hughesby is here. Chris, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for asking, Brian. Uh, we're excited about this podcast. We've had a lot of people asking about getting snappers back into the mix. Uh, we had a good run of kickers and punters, so uh, we're excited to have this guy on and uh, hopefully a few more snappers here uh, in the coming months. But uh, how Absolutely. are you doing? We have a veteran here on the podcast. Uh, we had his kicker earlier on in Season 1 and Harrison Butker, but we have a veteran long snapper here. Uh, 6'3", 240 pounds by the Kansas City Chiefs, James Winchester. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, James. Uh, welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Uh, you're having quite the season. Uh, what's it like so far, man? Man, it's uh, it's been very exciting. Um, you know, uh, like I told you guys earlier, they, uh, you know, as a kicker, uh, punter and snapper, uh, you know, we uh, we always want to be out there and want to have an opportunity, but um, the Chiefs right now are rolling and, and uh, they're scoring a lot of points, so uh, we're getting a lot of extra points and some field goals and not very many punts, so, um, you know, we uh, stay ready at all times, uh, you know, like you should, but, um, you know, it's, it's bittersweet because uh, we're, we're scoring a lot of points, but uh, we'd love to be out there, but obviously the team's winning, so uh, it's, a, uh, it's a good thing to be a part of, thankful to be a part of it, and, and uh, the team is really doing right now it's exciting to watch yeah you know you've been with the team since 2015 uh, what it's been like uh, for you uh, seeing the progress of the team and, and seeing all the w's roll in <laughs> yeah you know um i've been very fortunate uh to be with kansas city and come in at a great time um you know really um since andy reed um coach reed has been here since uh 2013 um you know they've really been rolling and, and got to this thing turned around um and so when I came in in 2015, um, you know, they were already off and, off and going. And, and um, you know, Alex Smith at the helm and, and uh, Jamal Charles. So, um, you know, they were we were winning a lot of games. And, um, you know, my first year in Kansas City, um, we had the opportunity to uh, go to the playoffs, had a strong season. We actually started the season at 1-5. Didn't really uh, look too hot to start out. And then um, we basically won out. Um Went to the playoffs and uh, were able to uh, win the uh, first um, get the first playoff victory in uh, Kansas City. Um, uh, uh, 
history in a long time. I mean, 21 years it's been since they won a playoff uh, a playoff game, and so uh, that was really special to be a part of and see the energy in the city and, and uh, the organization, uh, the Hunt family, uh, the owners of uh, the Chiefs are an awesome family and, and uh, just uh, a great ownership, and so it's really cool to see uh, those good things happen to a lot of good people here and, and uh, to just be a part of it. Um, you know, it, it's been really special, and then obviously we've continued to roll, and you know, had some misfortune in the uh, in the first and second rounds of the playoffs the last couple of years. But um, you know, this year's different, and, and um, guys are rolling, and it's just been a lot of a lot of fun to watch, and we're not done. So um, we're excited to uh, you know take it one week at a time, and uh, you know push towards our ultimate goal of a, of a Super Bowl in February. Yeah, you know what's what's fun is you know. Brian, I kind of say this on the podcast a lot. Is you know, you we interview guys like you, and then we and then sometimes the relationships develop beyond that. And you know, since we've had that chance to interview um, Harrison, you know, we've we've kind of talked to him every once in a while about how the season's going. So it's pretty sweet to see you guys do well. It's nice to see a few new teams on top. I'll tell you that, just from a fan's perspective. But uh, I mean, what's it? What's it? I guess what's it like when you're sort of like the team on top, all that attention, all that media spotlights and stuff like that. I mean, is it is it fun? I mean, do the snappers, are you guys getting interviewed um, much? <laughs> uh, you know, we, we don't get interviewed very much, and honestly, we like to keep it that way. Um, I know that uh, you guys are very familiar with um, long snappers at every level, and um, it really stays the same. You know, as long as your name is not really getting called, it's kind of a good thing. Um, you know, so it's good when your punter and kicker are getting a lot of attention. And, uh, you know, that just comes with the, uh, with the job um, of being a long snapper. But, you know, you got to love it. And you got to love um, the success that the team has at the time. And, and um, you know, like I said, I joked about the, um, you know, lack of punts. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a part of the uh, game. And, and uh, you know, we're winning ball games, And, and uh, you know, that's the ultimate goal as a team. And so um, it is. It's really exciting, uh, you know, for us, you know, um, every competitor – um, you know, wants to be in the spotlight. You want to play in the big games, and so um, we feel very fortunate to, to be where we're at in Kansas City, and, and uh, to be able to compete at a high level. You know, and get everybody's best shot every week, and and um, you know, we've been um, able to be a part of a, a unit that's um, typically finished in the top five the last four or five years in uh, special teams, and so um, you know, we take a lot of pride in it, and, and it's something that um, you know stems down from um, Coach uh, Tobe and, and um, our guys here in Kansas. The city and, and uh, it's, it's cool to be a part of it. Really is. That's awesome that you mentioned Coach Tobe. I totally forgot that he was there. Um, I only had a cup of coffee with the Bears in May of 2007 at rookie camp, and Coach Tobe was was the guy that was there. So yeah, that's right. How about that? He may not remember me. Um, but <laughs> you can probably tell him he's the, the the smallest kicker he's ever brought in. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. No, I'll bring it up to him tomorrow. You've got a great memory. I can see remember. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the question I had is, uh, you know, kickers always talk about, like, this kicking fraternity, which which is, you know, kind of true, but we always like to look at it as, like, a specialist fraternity. But, um, you know, soccer has been popular in, in several several years now where there's, like, a jersey swap, and, and we've been seeing a lot of NFL players doing that, kickers doing that. Have you done that with, like, a fellow long snapper or even someone from Oklahoma or, or someone from high school and whatnot? Yeah, you know, I've actually done one jersey swap. 
and uh, the only journey swap I've ever done was with my putter um, at, in college uh, at Oklahoma, uh, Tressway, and he's with the Redskins now, and, and uh, we played them on Monday night last year. It was actually Harrison Butker's uh, first game as a Chief, and he had the game winner, so uh, obviously one Harrison would remember, uh, but uh, yeah, that was uh, pretty special for me. You know, Tressway and I came in uh, to Oklahoma in 2008 as freshmen. And uh, I was a walk-on. He was scholarship, and, and uh, uh, you know the rest was history. We played uh, four years together, and then uh, both went separate routes to the NFL. And he ended up in Washington. I ended up here, and uh, so that was really special to me. That was the one that, you know, I, to say that I wouldn't want to trade with anyone else um, is untrue. I, I'd love to have some, you know, one of these top guys' jerseys, but I don't know that they trade with me. So <laughs> I'll probably just. Uh, <laughs> not say anything and just uh, lay low there but uh, no the uh, I really did I wanted Tress's jersey and uh, you know he agreed to that and we were both pretty pumped to uh, trade jerseys and take a picture uh, after uh, after the game we're both Oklahoma kids he grew up in Tulsa I grew up in central Oklahoma so uh, it was pretty special for both of us so James like how does that work do you guys talk like a couple days before the game and just say hey uh, you know, obviously during the game we're going to be playing against each other but you want to do a jersey swap like kind of talk behind that because you know obviously as fan people that watch like we don't get to hear that kind of stuff yeah well um like i said i haven't done it very much i've done it uh, one time but uh, you know honestly i just thought about it um i i admit I, I wanted to say something to trust beforehand and i really just kind of slipped my mind uh, leading up to the game and so i just said something to him after the game and he was all for it so we kind of just winged it um in, in that way and, and for example um i tried the only other time i've tried the jersey swap uh was with uh my one of my best friends from oklahoma lane johnson uh that's in philadelphia and oh, yeah. uh yeah uh so we, uh, he agreed to it beforehand, and we were all set. Um, and I get to the locker room, and I text him, hey, I've got your jersey, I've got my jersey ready. And um, he's like, text me back about five minutes later, and he's like, oh, shoot. He's like, they already took my jersey. Uh, the the uh, equipment guy already took it, you know, took it away. And I'm like, oh, great. So <laughs> I met him out by the bus after the game. We talked about it. And, you know, that's kind of just a lame thing that he would do. I think it just – he didn't really think about it. I think I was way more prepared than he was uh, to swap jerseys. And so I'm still waiting on that one. Maybe one of these days be laying on a holler at me. But, uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the jersey swap fail on mine. And so I'm 50% right now. So uh, I'm, uh, it could be worse. But, uh, no, that's uh, I, I can always uh, get big laying in the offseason sometimes. So, anyways. You went to Oklahoma, high-profile program. Uh, well, let's just talk about current situation. Uh, you've been you've been staying in touch and following uh, current college football and, and everything going on. Oh, yeah. It's pretty exciting, obviously. Yeah, very exciting. You know, uh, for the university, obviously back to back Heisman's. So that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Uh, and with Baker and Kyler, uh, that's very exciting. It's big for the program. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, for me for me growing up. Um, Oklahoma was everything. Uh, that's why I chose to walk on at Oklahoma. I, uh, my dad punted at Oklahoma and won a national championship there in 85. Um, and so uh, my older sister went to the University of Oklahoma and played basketball um, in 2005. And, uh, and so basically it was kind of like, um, you know, I didn't have uh, very many offers out of, 
out of uh, high school and small schools around Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, and then, um, you know, kind of invited walk-ons. And, and obviously there was only one place that I really wanted to go play, and that was Oklahoma. So, uh, yeah, I've been paying attention to the Sooners and, and uh, always do. I'm, I'm a Boomer Sooner all the way. Yeah, so talk about Boomer Sooner. So, you know, I'm, I'm Alabama <laughs> Roll Tide fan, which obviously we're going to clash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big game yeah. coming up. Yeah, so talk about, like, Boomer Sooner. Like, what's that mean? Well, um, I'd, I'd honestly probably have to Google it. Um, you know, I know Boomer Sooner refers to uh, back in the day, you know, land run times. Um, Boomer has to do with oil and gas. Um, that's what I know. Obviously, Sooner is uh, referring to the land run um, when Oklahoma became a state. And, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, I'd probably have to Google all the history. It's been a while, but... Um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the gist of the uh, of the covered wagons and things like that. So um, you know it, it rolls off the tongue well. Boomer Sooner. So anytime you want to you know throw that out there instead of roll tide, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, when you were at Oklahoma, James, were you a position player and snap, or did um, were you a pure snapper? <clears throat> well, you know, I um, it's an interesting question. I, I actually walked on um, as a wide receiver. Um, I had I was a kicker and punter in high school. Did a little bit of snapping on the side. I played quarterback in high school. Was an all-state um, wide receiver. Um, I wasn't very big. I was had the frame of six three, but um, I think when I got to Oklahoma, I weighed about 180 pounds, 185, um, and so I was very uh, long and lean. Um, did not look good like a snapper at all. Um, so um, when I got to Oklahoma in 2008, walked on as a wide receiver. Um, when I got there, uh, June of 2008, um, come to find out, the long snapper at the time, uh, Derek Shaw, he was a junior. Um, he had uh, partially torn his Achilles tendon in the spring, um, and they had no one else who could snap. And so, basically, as a uh, kid from a Class A school in Oklahoma, uh, trying to make the, uh, the Sooners roster as a freshman. Uh, well, this is a good opportunity to uh, maybe make the team here. And so I practiced it uh, snapping uh, June and July and into training camp. And uh, Coach Stoops had enough faith in me to uh, give me the job for the first three games of my uh, true freshman year. <clears throat> and uh, only on uh, – we had a kid that would snap for field goals, so I snapped for punts only. Um, obviously, it was a little too light in the shorts to uh, snap on on a field goal, but uh, gave him the job. And then the veteran came back and back. Uh, you know, I backed him up the rest of the season, and that's kind of how I got started as a snapper. Um, and then sophomore, junior, senior year, I uh, continued to practice and get better, and, and won the job. And, um, was a starter uh, sophomore year through senior and earned a scholarship my senior year, um, and then. Uh, Kind of, uh, kind of um, decided. Well, you know, I'm too light to uh, too light to go to the NFL and snap. Um, you know, have the the talent. I was told, but um, they said, you know, you can't go snap at uh, you know 205, 210 pounds. And so uh, that's where the story kind of uh, gets a little bit more lengthy. And uh, spent some time outside of um, outside of uh, football for a few years, and, and eventually made it with the Chiefs. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, 
But this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Yeah, so, okay, so so talk about that process of pursuing the dream. You know, uh, I pursued it as a punter, and, and actually my story is yes. slightly similar in a way, but I was a kicker and linebacker. I went to college. I went to Saint University of St. Thomas, which is a, now it's a powerhouse Division three program, but um, four freshman kickers showed up. Um, they had a shortage of punters. They asked me to convert to punting, and I'd probably tried it twice in my life. And then I grinded at it and got good, had a great, you know, fifth year, and then pursued the NFL yeah. after that. But, like, I would have never imagined myself being a punter. So, like, when did you sort of have that aha moment that maybe you have a chance or what sparked your interest to pursue the NFL as a snapper? Because you obviously have the, mm-hmm. the frame and size for it now. So tell yeah. us about that process of making it. Yeah, well, hey, that, that's awesome to hear on your end because, um, you know, you got to love the try-hard guys, you know, that um, just find a way. And, and obviously sometimes it doesn't end up the way we planned it. And, um, you know, thank God that it, uh, it doesn't sometimes because, um, you know, obviously it turns out for the better for us. And, um, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I actually, uh, when I ended my senior season in Oklahoma in 2000, season of 2011, graduated in 2012. Um, basically, I was, uh, you know, too light to um, snap in the NFL. Um, and I didn't have enough experience to play wide receiver in the NFL. So I came to Kansas City as a tryout wide receiver in 2012. I was a rookie camp. Um, you know, I was just too light. They wouldn't really give me a look at, as a snapper uh, because I, I weighed in at like 207. And so basically, I went back to the drawing board and got to a point where I uh, you know, went home and didn't sign anywhere. I started working in oil and gas in Oklahoma as a landman. And, and um, you know, it was always my dream to, to um, you know, growing up, my dream was to play the University of Oklahoma. And, and then I really hadn't thought a lot about uh, the NFL, you know, until my senior year. And then, again, I got a little taste of rookie camp and thought, you know, I, I think I could do this. Um, but there's a lot of things I need to, need to um, you know, get better and change. And, and, um, and so, basically, I... Uh, got to a point where it was like gain the weight um, and, and get better and have a chance, you know, to long snap the NFL or, um, you know, don't do it and, and never know. And so um, I got with a strength coach back home in Oklahoma. It was actually the strength coach, uh, excuse me, the strength coach, uh, um, my dad's strength coach in college. got with him in Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, talked to him about a weight program and then uh, talked to a nutritionist um, about uh, kind of how to gain weight. And uh, in a couple months, in early 2012, went from about 210 to about 240, 245, and started getting looks by teams. Um, and then uh, for the next three seasons, three years, I should say, that'd be 2012, 
13, 14, um, I went to uh, Gary's Honors camps out in Arizona and uh, got a look at his combines and uh, got opportunities every year. Uh, signed with uh, Philadelphia in 2013, <clears throat> and that kind of arose from uh, actually watching my buddy Lane in his first uh, preseason game, so we were all excited to watch him in the pros. And uh, John Dorenboss, the snapper, goes down um, with a concussion, and so I get on the phone, call Lane, tell him what's up, you know, tell him I can snap. Uh, called uh, my agent, um, told him uh, told, uh, that uh, you know what was going on, and uh, the next day I found myself in practice with Philadelphia. So wow. <clears throat> that was cool. Um, obviously, got my foot in the door a little bit, and and uh, got to play in a couple preseason games. And honestly, uh, really, what that did for me was uh, kind of proved to me I, I left that experience going, I need to get a lot better, honestly. Um, you know, I need to work the um, footwork going back and how to block, um, you know, and just get better as a snapper. So, honestly, I, I had a golf net in the backyard that I would uh, I set up and would put a glove on the on different spots for a short snap or a little higher for a punt and just honestly get back to the drawing board and just put in reps and then watch, you know, tape myself, watch film and, and uh, try to uh, just get better and better and, 13 rolled around, or excuse me, 14 rolled around and got a couple workouts, the Browns and the Colts, uh, nothing there. And then uh, 15 rolled around, I was about to get married um, in March, and um, I had not decided that I wanted to uh, go to Coach Zahner's uh, free agent camp again. You know, the, the fee to it was uh, a little bit more than I wanted to pay at the time, and uh, with a wedding coming up, and uh, so it was kind of on the verge of hanging it up. And uh, I, Coach Sonner actually called me because I had signed a contract in the past. He said, hey, I had not seen your name on the list. Are you coming to the uh, workout this year? And, and I just kind of, out of, I'd been training and getting ready. And I said, yes, sir, you know, I'll do it. So I paid the fee and went to the camp and had about four or five teams that were interested. And, and obviously the best situation was with the Chiefs and signed with the Chiefs and then went on to win the job. And um, I've been blessed to be uh, here ever since. So it's been a wild ride and, and uh, very fortunate to uh, to be with Kansas City, no doubt. Yeah, man. It's just an awesome story. It's pretty cool to hear it. And even just been in the backyard, snapping out a net, like love to hear those types of stories. Like even Matt Bryant, uh, you know, with the Falcons that you're yeah. Familiar with, I mean, he would talk about how he'd just be driving through Texas, you know, 20 years ago, and and would find light poles and trees and just have a bag of balls in the back of the truck and go kick. Like, love hearing stuff like that, James. Yeah. Um, a question uh, we get from snappers at the high school level uh, re- really be cool to hear your perspective on this, just from a learning uh, uh, side here, even just as kicking coaches. Um, with your experience over the years, like. Uh, being a pro style guy, where where you have to shuffle back and block and, and then mm-hmm. release, uh, you know we, we got to talk about that. But um, are you a uh, head down, look back guy, or a no look guy with your head up uh, when you're snapping? Um, I look back. I do it just the way I learned. Um, I can kind of switch it up a little bit and kind of do a, a quick. Um, you know, obviously you want to have your eyes up to to see what you're um, blocking. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I look back, uh, but I can kind of push the envelope, I should say, as for dropping my head and snapping. Um, It's not, I wouldn't recommend that uh, totally just because, you know, for consistency reasons. Um, But uh, sometimes just to give a different look, I'll I'll throw it out there. 
but I, 100%, I, I more so look uh, just between my legs and, and obviously look at where I'm snapping. Um, I think it's just a learned thing, um, you know, how you uh, went about, um, you know, learning it. And obviously, when you throw your head through, you're creating more momentum. Um, so, you know, some kids uh, feel more comfortable doing that, and that's just the way they learned. And, and um, you know, if, if nothing else, it's a way to generate a little more speed um, with your snap, <laughs> in my opinion. But, right. uh, yeah, I guess that answers that question. Just, uh, just coaches that you've been around, and I know you've been with a handful of teams, even in workouts and whatnot, have, have there been any feedback from, like, special teams coaches that say, hey, we like it this way, or they just say, hey, it's your preference? Like, I'm just curious on that end. Yeah, um, I haven't really heard anybody, um, you know, say they prefer this way or that way. You know, they kind of call it a, a blind snapper or one who looks bad, just kind of how they refer to it. Um, but, uh, no, I really haven't had, I think, you know, when, when a kid comes in and that's the style, obviously they've scouted him, uh, to snapping that way and it's not really a, a big deal. Obviously they see, um, that he's, you know, being consistent with whatever form he has and, and, uh, you know, that got him there. And so I don't think they're going to, um, you know, try to, try to get you to, uh, change anything up at that point. Just to transition to that, uh, it actually ties into a question that somebody asked. So this is, uh, comes from TJ Harvey. Uh, long snapper at USM, he just said, uh, what would be some tips that you apply to snapping when running a pro punt and then having to block and release? Like, what helps you do that? Um, well, you know, I guess to answer the question, um, for me, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we snapped, at Oklahoma we snapped, I guess going back, uh, we snapped, uh, you know, the spread punt, which obviously most colleges do these days, and so that was the biggest challenge for me. Um, going to the pros, for the most part, is was, uh, you know, um, snapping and going backwards, not forward. Um, and it's just a totally different mechanic um, and, um, you know, muscle memory of going back. And, you know, when you first start, it's, it's, it's tough not to get on your heels when you're going back. <clears throat> and then, you know, you finally just about, um, you know, get the hang of going back like a pro style and, and, uh, and then you get a rush and then it's like a whole different thing, um, you know, just because you're balanced and, and uh, you know, having to sit your, uh, you know, butt down and, and um, you know, kind of be balanced to, to um, counter uh, someone coming at you and, you know, block them. Um, I guess to answer that question, um, you know, really just the, the best practice in the pro style is just against looks. Um, I think, you know, it's easy to practice it against the air. But uh, to practice it, practice it against someone that's working um, against you in the A-gap, um, you know, we're coming from a running stance coming at you, I think that's kind of the best practice that you can uh, that you can do to prepare for that uh, pro-style uh, punt. Nice. Nice. What, what kind of chemistry uh, do you have with, with Colquitt? I mean, he's, he's a veteran in the league, and uh, obviously their family does a really good job punting in that belt. Uh, talk about the chemistry and, and kind of like, you know, the, the practice routine you guys go through to make sure y'all are clicking on all cylinders on game day. Yeah, uh, man, Dustin's awesome. It's, it's been a, a real pleasure to, uh, you know, get to serve him and in that regard, uh, to snap to him, a guy like him, and really kind of a legend, um, you know, in his time in Kansas City and in the pros and obviously coming from a, a great uh, uh, punting family with his dad and his brother and, and uh, just a great guy and a great family man and all. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just, um, you know, just reps. I mean, um, getting to know one another, you know, obviously my job is to serve him. So 
um, you know, wherever wherever he uh, prefers it, high, low, wherever it's at, you know, that's where we uh, that's where we work on uh, on putting it. You know, obviously during the off season, even in the season, I mean, we always um, are very critical about it. You know, on ourselves and, and uh, you know, continue to be perfect. Obviously, no one's going to be um, perfect all the time. You know, we're all going to miss, but um, you know, it's kind of like how minimal your misses can be um, in that regard. And and um, you know he, he's as a lefty. You know, I mean, obviously he likes it on the left side of his body. It makes the operation easier for him. So you know, for me, I just try to put it uh, about his armpit. He kind of likes it a little higher, and um, on his left side. And, and um, you know, whether we're directional punting, uh, whatever the situation is, you know, we uh, we just try to get that ball right there where it needs to be. And, and uh, you know, we just uh, continue to work it. You know, you get so many reps. And thankfully, I've had the opportunity to be with him. Uh, this is the fourth year, and so uh, we know each other well, and, and um, you know we know each other's tendencies, we know each other's uh, you know tendencies and misses, and um, you know that also obviously helps one another to adjust, and you know helping him and him helping me out in those ways, and, uh, and it's, it's been a great relationship. Thankful to uh, be able to serve him. Nice. All right. Well, let's let's talk about that that snap and transition. Um, we had a young listener. His name is Peter Laughlin. He actually was asking what it's like to make a tackle in a game, and obviously you're, you're, you're known for forcing the fumble on Darren Sproles. So he was kind of curious to get your take on what, what that experience felt like and just making that open-air tackle or open-field tackle. Yeah, um, that's a great question. and That's uh, probably one of the more exciting uh, plays of my career. Um, it, it was a blast. I mean, it, um, I wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be fair to not uh, give a lot of the credit out to my teammates. Obviously, Dennis Pros is a tough guy to tackle. And, uh, you know, he'd, uh, he'd made several of our guys miss and uh, just happened to be in the right place at the right time and was able to make a play on him. And, um, you know, he's just kind of a football player. It wasn't intended to make him, uh, you know, force the fumble. But obviously, uh, you know, form tackle and it ended up perfect and, and uh, the ball popped out. And so uh, that was extremely special to me um, growing up watching Darius Rolls play at Kansas State. Uh, being a Big 12 guy and then watching, you know, following his uh, NFL career, um, you know, uh, when I was running off the field, it kind of dawned on me. Once I kind of caught my wind, it dawned on me, that, you know, who I had caused a fumble on. And it was kind of, it was a very humbling thing, you know. I, um, I, you know, I didn't know if I should go apologize to him or, um, you know, Mr. Sproles or what, but uh, it, was, it was a great thing to, to uh Happened and obviously it was against a great Eagles team and, and helped us uh, <clears throat> win the ball game. You know, and that's uh, you know that's the goal every week is to go out and make a play. And you know, obviously at this level, you know, our, our job first and foremost, I guess, as a snapper D level, obviously is snap first. Um, you know, then protect and then cover. And so, uh, you know, the athlete part of that is uh, probably the easiest. Uh, part for me, just, you know, you, you obviously cover and stay in your lane and your goal is always to make a play, but uh, that was really special for me, and so um, it was exciting to be a part of and, and uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Nice. Uh, what I talk about the, the three-man process with the field goal unit with Harrison and Colquitt and when you guys are snapping and, and holding and kicking, obviously we're not going to give cadences away and all, like, all that because, you know, we have other people that possibly might be listening, but let me just talk about the tempo and, and the timing and, and the com- being comfortable. And I don't know. I, I think Harrison may be a two-step kicker. I don't, I don't know. But maybe just talk about the whole process and the field goal unit. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the process with the field goal unit, I mean, obviously with anyone, um, 
you know, it's obviously consistency and, and timing um, and, and getting to know one another. Obviously, last year it was, it was uh, probably one of the bigger challenges that you could, you know, it really wasn't a big challenge for us. It was a smooth transition. But uh, when Cairo Santos got hurt and then Harrison, uh, we signed him and uh, kind of a wild deal, you know, um, you know, three games in. Um, you know, midweek, and we've got a, a uh, Monday night game coming up, and, you know, Harrison's first week, and so, you know, we're getting as much uh, um, extra work as we can, and, and uh, you know, honestly, for us, I mean, obviously, Dustin is such a great holder. Um, he's kind of a kind of a wizard at what he does. He's just so good at, 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 it's pretty amazing, actually, to sit back and listen to him talk about holding a football. He would be a great one to, to have on and visit about that, but, you um, you know, obviously the, for me as a snapper and Dust as a holder, you know, it was probably the easier transition, you know, rather than, you know, having a kicker replaced and having a, you know, snapper or a holder, you know, a punter. Um, and so the transition was very smooth. Um, you know, us three, obviously we work a lot, uh, you know, together in practice. And, and um, you know, just like any operation or kicker, punter, snapper, you know, we're always working on timing and, and um, you know, watching film and, and figuring out, you um, you know, what works and what doesn't and, and uh, what to do in different wins and situations. And, and um, you know, Dustin and, and Harrison, they work uh, very closely on, on uh, you know, situations and, and practicing in games. In Kansas City, we get a lot of wind, so we get a lot of bad weather uh, practices just on the regular. So uh, uh, when we finally get to an indoor game, those are very welcome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Kansas City is just one of those places where uh, the wind is always going to be blowing and, and then the in the uh, winter, the uh, uh, you know it's going to be a cold wind out of the north and dry, so um, get a lot of work. But yeah, the, the overall chemistry with us, us three is, is fantastic, and and uh, you know we just we're always working to get better. I mean, you never reach a point where you say you know how oh, we got it. You know, you're always breaking things down and, and uh, you know staying loose with it and, and focused, but uh, at the same time trying to get better every day. Well, that's great. Uh, okay, so I wanna I wanna revisit the free agent mentality here because we have a lot of listeners. Yeah. You know, as you know, the dream is to make it. Um, you know, the the popularity of snapping and kicking and punting is kind of getting a little bit more cool again. So more people are doing it. So it's harder to make it in the league. So kind of my last our, our last uh, user generated question or listener generated question uh, comes from a guy who met you in the past. Uh, Name is Alex Wallenford from. Uh, Missouri Western State. He wasn't sure if, oh, yeah. he, if you'd yeah, remember yeah. him, but uh, I'm kind of paraphrase, paraphrasing his question because you answered some of it already. But he was kind of wondering how did you how did you stay focused as a free agent when you had you know a few years of, of just downtime? You know, because you're working, you're grinding, you're doing a tryout, didn't work. Like, how did you stay like motivated? Yeah, um, you know, it's um, it's easier. Uh, said than done, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, everyone's goal is to make it. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, it was definitely a learning experience uh, because, you know, for me, I felt like I was good enough to play in the pros. I knew there was things I needed to improve on. I knew my weight needed to be higher. I knew I needed to be a better snapper. I knew I needed to, uh, you know, consistency-wise, and I also knew that I needed to uh, get better, you know, footwork to be able to slide back. So I knew there were some things that I need to take care of. Um, basically, you know, I got to a point where, um, you know, I kind of had a choice. It was like, give it everything I have and, and might have a chance or, you know, never know, um, you know, what could have been. And, and so for me, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, getting a job and, and working and staying, um, 
you know, um, active and continue to work out. Um, you know, I trained at different high schools when I was on, on, the, on the job working in oil and gas across Oklahoma and, and uh, stayed in shape and knew kind of the time of year when the opportunities were going to present itself, which usually were um, at the end of the NFL season, you know, into, um, you know, um, before OTA started up in April. I mean, it was kind of a January, February, March was kind of, you know, around the combine. That was going to be a, <clears throat> an opportunity that, um, you know, could have a chance to, to sign with the team or at least just get a workout. Um, and, you know, for me, honestly, um, you know, just staying after it, you know, staying uh, uh, just hopeful that, you know, a chance would come and uh, really just not being afraid to fail. You know, in my, in my mind, in my opinion, um, the only failure was not trying. You know, if I didn't um, give it 100%, I didn't give it everything. You know, I knew at the end of the day, if, if I gave it if I gave it everything that I had, um, I could look back and be proud that I did that, you know, knowing that it's a numbers game. You know, knowing that you've got these thousands of college uh, players, you know, that are vying for these 32 spots. I mean, when you look at the odds, and it's just, you have to be, you know, realistic about your, you know, about the situation and go, man, it, it's very, very tough to get into this. And it's not that I'm not good enough. Uh, but the opportunity, you know, might just not, um, you know, come along just kind of for numbers, you know. And so to me early on, I took it personally, like, hey, you know, this is, this is, um, I'm good enough, you know, I can do this, in which I think you should have that attitude. You should believe in yourself and believe that you can achieve uh, anything that you put your mind to. Uh, but also, you know, um, don't be afraid to fail. You know, like I said, I think the only failure is not giving it everything you have. You know, you have such a short uh, window. Um, you know, age, I guess you could say, um, where it's, there's an opportunity to, to make a pro team. I mean, you got to go at it 100%. I think you'd be silly not to. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think just staying humbled by the process and, and just uh, working towards uh, those opportunities. You know, when I was, before I really had any looks, you know, my goals were, um, you know, to get a tryout. You know, and then once you got a tryout, you know, make uh, the most out of that tryout and then if i was able to get signed you know make the most out of that opportunity and then continue to work and then i finally uh, by the grace of god was able to make a team and then it was like it never stopped it was like you know now i gotta you know prove it every day every week and uh, continue to get better and i'm still doing that you know you still uh, continue to perfect your craft every day and and uh, continue to work better and work work harder and, and um, you know continue to um, um, get better at what you do and so um, you know like I said I think uh, to any free agents out there I'd say go at it you know give a hundred percent everything you got um, you know just um, just um, I know that you you know we can always do what we put our minds to and, and um, you know there's so many testaments out there of guys that have been able to accomplish that and I'm very very grateful to to um, you know be one of those guys it, it's kind of a kind of a surreal thing for me when I look back and see you know all the um, all the hurdles that I overcame to get to this point and um, it, it's very very humbling and um, I'm, I'm very grateful for it so hope that answers uh, some of that question absolutely yeah you know there's a lot of guys that listen to this podcast that are in the free, free agent world and I guarantee you they're listening to that and take it to heart and going to run with it. Uh, my last question to you, James, is um, a fun question that we ask every specialist that comes on here. Uh, what are your top five stadiums uh, that you've played in uh, in your career in the NFL? Hmm. Um, you know, I'd have to be a little biased here. The first one would probably have to be Arrowhead. Um, it's a pretty special place to play. Um, I know there's no uh, – 
no uh, in particular order on these, but uh, Arrowhead's awesome. The fans, it's loud. Um, they always bring the energy. It's really cool to play there, um, and I feel very fortunate to, to be a Kansas City Chief. Um, the other one, uh, probably the number two, probably be uh, Jerry World in Dallas. Uh, was able to play against the Cowboys last year. I uh, grew up a Cowboys fan in Oklahoma. Don't hold that against me. Um, and I'd always wanted to play, uh, you know, for the Cowboys. Now I was playing against the Cowboys. Uh, my family is all, for the most part, in central Oklahoma and uh, southern Oklahoma. And we had a lot of family in Texas. So we had, you know, about 18 to 22 people at the game. And, and it was just really special for me to, to play there. Um, I'd have to say... The third one would probably be Lambeau. I grew up watching Green Bay and Brett Farms uh, to be able to play um, on Lambeau Field was really special. Thankfully, uh, <clears throat> thankfully it wasn't freezing cold. It was in uh, early season, so it was actually warm, a little bit rainy, but uh, you know, really cool to, to, to see Lambeau Field uh, finally. Uh, probably fourth <clears throat> would probably be NRG Stadium. Um, in Houston, uh, that stadium—I don't know why—it just—it's just a really neat stadium. It's huge, and um, just the way it's designed um, is really cool. Um, for me personally, in 2015, it was when uh, we won the wild card game against the Texans, and uh, that was the first. Like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, that was our first Kansas City's first playoff victory in 21 years. So extremely. Uh, uh, cool to be a part of that, that, that winning team that year. <clears throat> and then uh, probably my number five would probably be Wembley Stadium. Uh, getting to play uh, over in London uh, was really special to me. I think, uh, you know, just knowing the history uh, between uh, England and the United States and, you know, hearing the national anthem, I think that was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, uh, to get to hear that national anthem in that stadium and, and uh, you know, just know the history I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, I do follow it enough to know the significance of Wembley. Um, and so uh, really cool. I mean, anytime you get to go play internationally, um, you know, it, it's really special. So uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to play in uh, Mexico City this year, but uh, that was a great time uh, going to Wembley and getting to um, experience some of that, uh, some of that uh, stadium and, and uh, you know, just the country and all. So. I bet. Well, okay, let me just do part B for that, and then I got my last question. But all right, top three SEC stadiums. Oh, top three SEC stadiums? Right in the Big 12, Chris. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I was about to say. How about this? All right, top three. <laughs> all right, top three college stadiums. My bad. <laughs> okay, okay, no problem, no problem. I know. I was thinking back. I was like, well, I mean, they uh, they were Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I think the top uh, top three uh, Big Twelve. Um, it's always fun. Probably the biggest one has to be Oklahoma, Texas, playing the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Um, I know that's not technically someone's stadium, but I hope that counts. Um, you know, just going to Cotton Bowl and playing playing Texas is huge. Obviously, growing up an Oklahoma fan, uh, you know what the Red River um, rivalry is all about, and, and uh, man, that's a fun one to be a part of. You know, run down the tunnel and you got uh, you know half. Half Oklahoma fans and, and half uh, Texas fans, you know, split right down the middle. And, you know, you get cheers on one side and in midfield you cross there and, and you get a bunch of boos. And, uh, it's it's awesome. It really is. It's state fair there in Texas. Um, number two would probably be um, 
probably be Oklahoma State, um, another rivalry. Uh, that's a lot of fun just because um, in-state rivalry, you know, playing Okie State, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's always a fun one, always a good game um, up there in Stillwater. And, and uh, again, a great college experience and uh, with their student section and, and they're kind of right there on top of you and, and uh, in-state rivalry is always fun. Uh, probably three. I don't know if they technically count anymore because they are. Here you go. They're SEC, Texas A&M. Uh, but they were Big 12 because, like, I'm kind of getting old now. Not really, but, um, you know, old enough that we played them when they were uh, Big 12. And, and uh, man, their fans were just so uh, so nice, to be honest with you. They were so great. And, and uh, always super loud, and, and uh, you know, they had the yell eaters out there, and all the tradition that goes along with Texas A&M was really cool to watch. I, I remember that we would always come out early at halftime uh, just so we could watch their uh, band march. So there you go, the kicker punter snappers coming out to uh, watch the band. You know, it's, you know, it's got to be good. So yeah. anyways, that's, uh, that's got to be my top three. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh... You're, I think you're, you're our 45th interview of like a pro athlete or, or, or coach type, and Texas A&M and LSU are probably the two most popular answers we get, and that's pretty cool that that, that you get that as well. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, it's uh, it's true. There's some in common there. It's uh, special places to play, no doubt. Yeah. All right. So my last question here is: your route to the NFL is is probably very different than you you dreamt. You know, you were a receiver, Mister Athlete. Snapper is probably the last thing on your mind, but what have what have you enjoyed about the process of becoming a snapper? Obviously, having a a, a, a solid career so far, five you know four and a half seasons, if you want to say. But um, what's it been like? Because you've worked so hard, you you were blessed with it by earning a nice contract, which you don't normally see with snappers. Also, so what has been that journey like? If you were to kind of sum it all up. It, it honestly has been an absolute blessing. It really has. I mean, it, it, nothing short of that. I mean, um, I try to wrap my mind around it, um, and it's honestly like a dream come true. It really is. I mean, you know, we we keep our head down and we work hard at what we do, but you know, sometimes, especially especially after the season, you know, you kind of step back and take a breath and look back, and and um, you know, extremely um, grateful and, and proud of, of accomplishments. You know, so far. I mean. I, like you said, I, you know, I always dreamed of uh, playing, you know, Division One college football at Oklahoma, and, and you know, obviously every kid, uh, you know, dreams of playing in the NFL, and, and um, you know, basically I tried every position until it got to the point where it was like, um, you know, I, I think I could make it at long snapper, and, and um, you know, worked hard to make it there, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm uh, very grateful to, to um, you know, have made it in Kansas City, and it really has. It's just been, it's been very surreal. And, and, uh, and, you know, we're extremely proud of, of uh, you know, the fact that uh, some of the obstacles and, and timing that uh, have been fortunate to be able to overcome to, to get to this point. And, you know, there's just, you just think back on it and, and I'm so thankful for all the people that have helped you get to this point. I mean, it's just, they're just, whether it was family or friends or coaches or, or, um, you know, people along the way that encouraged you, uh, you know, it's such a humbling thing. And, and uh, you know, overall, just very grateful um, to be here and, and uh, continue to, uh, you know, play this game that we love and, and get to play this position that I love and, and um, you know, get to uh, 
you know, spread and, and tell my story and, and uh, you know, hopefully encourage um, all those out here, all out there who have a dream of playing in the NFL, you know, just like I did. And, and um, you know, I, I, I wish those guys the best. And, and um, you know, to those guys, just know that it is possible and that, you know, you can overcome any odds, you know, and, and um, just don't be afraid to, uh, you know, don't be afraid to try. You know, I mean, it's um, there's no failure in that, you know, no shame in that. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, pride in that. And, and um, you can certainly, um, you know, do anything that you put your mind to. Wow. We, we, we definitely appreciate you being on the Fourth Down Experience podcast, James. It's been a pleasure, man. Uh, it's really cool hearing your story and, and also just inspiring others to, to follow your footsteps, man. Uh, we, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, Thank you. Forward in the season play. Uh, and just, uh, just, you know, good health for the rest of your career. Thanks, guys. Hey, Brian. Chris, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yep, thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. And good luck the rest of the season, and we'll be uh, cheering from afar. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep, later. All right. Wow, Brian. That was pretty sweet. All right. James, great guy, man. Lots of good information and good insight at the snapper position. And I think a lot of guys will, will learn a lot from that podcast, no doubt. Yeah, I think my favorite part was just learning his journey, you know, and just... I think we all relate to it. Anybody that's either made it or tried to make it, I think, can relate to kind of the ups and downs that come with it and trying to main, remain positive. And, you know, the interesting thing here, I was just listening to, you know, Gary V podcast episode, and Gary V was basically saying, people always say, I was going to give it one more try. And it's usually on that one last try is usually when they make it. And it's just kind of crazy. I was just recalling that, that comment that Gary V said and then, James mentioned that he was thinking about giving it up or not sure because of his wedding and then gave it one last shot and then it worked out. So I guess if there's going to be any inspiration to anybody listening, you know, if you're getting to that end point, the end of the rope, the end of the road, however you want to say it, if you're thinking about giving it one last shot, just go all in and, you know, usually good things come from it. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, I mean, he, he's a great story, great example. And uh, I, again, I was, I was very intrigued and really enjoyed his story and, and everything he talked about. Uh, and it was pretty cool hearing kind of him talk about, you know, being a, a look snapper and then also every once in a while kind of putting his head up just to kind of keep the defense off guard. It was kind of cool to hear that. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, guys, thanks for listening to us and, and hearing this long snapper podcast. Uh, we've been really trying to work on getting more long snapper interviews. We actually have three or four more NFL snappers lined up on the pod here that will be sprinkled through over the next few weeks. Uh, so please make sure to subscribe and, and contact us on social media at Fourth Down Experience. Yep. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we will see you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.